Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. After a, a multi-year search, Auckland University professor Deirdre Brown has uncovered the locations of eight missing Fakairo Rako, uh, a traditional Maori wood carvings. The carvings were some of the first to be shipped offshore by Pākehā, leaving the Bay of Islands back in 1823. And until recently, what happened to them after that was quite a mystery. It took Deirdre just eight years to track them down. To put that achievement into perspective, other researchers have tried and have failed to locate them for more than 60 years. Deirdre joins me now. Kia ora, Deirdre. Well done, you. Oh, kia ora. Thank you very much. Yeah. So before we get into the hunt, tell us about why these Fakairo Rako are so significant. These Fakairo Rako are so significant because they the, are the first um, in museum collections that also have stories associated with them that have been recorded in writing explaining their spiritual significance. So not just what they did in the particular waka or, or um, pātaka, the particular canoes or storehouses they were connected to, but actually explaining their spiritual meaning. Right. So how did they end up being shipped overseas? Well, it's a very interesting story. So they were collected in 1823 by a missionary called Thomas Kendall, who worked for the Church Missionary Society and lived in the Bay of Islands. And he had been tasked to send um, items of, of, of Maori art that could explain their religion to the museum in London that belonged to the Church Missionary Society. So he collected this group in 1823. There's speculation that he might have traded arms to be able to acquire them, Mm. sent them offshore, but then um, nobody knew what happened to them. The letter that he sent describing them survived and was published, but nobody over the last 60 years has been able to trace them. And so what did you do that uh, you managed to, you know, find the answer? How your sleuthing skills, if you like, all your secrets, how, how did it all come about? Well, I was searching for Church Missionary Society carvings and other taonga Māori in general because I'm from, my the Māori side of my family is from Rangihawa, which is where the mission station was. And I'm, mm. you know, always curious to know what our art looked like. And um then um, the story sort of evolved where um, I managed to find a, a catalogue that had been uploaded of an exhibition in 1867 in Paris, which showed four carvings belonging to the Church Missionary Society. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And then I looked into that and I managed to find where they were in museums and they all had been sold to those museums by a man called William Oldman in 1911. So I managed to track down his sales and purchase ledgers and found that they were part of this group of eight that was sold to him by a man called Horatio Robley in 1910. And many of your listeners will know Robley as someone who was a colonial soldier during the New Zealand wars. Mm. But I suspect he picked these ones up at the CMS. And then um, it all kind of snowballed from there, just finding out what had happened to them. And it was, oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine. There were eight of them. Yes. Yes, right. I'm presuming there were a lot more than that over time, or was was that was it just eight? 
Kendall sent quite a few. Um, one consignment was lost at sea. Another consignment was lost in Australia. But this was the biggest lot, the eight that he'd sent across. Right. So the pieces were tracked down to museums in, what would you say, Switzerland, Germany and, and, uh, and in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. And what kind of pulled them all together and made me realise that they were related to Thomas Kendall, they weren't just regular church missionary society ones, is that the one in Otago Museum has a Roman numeral carved into it. And um, I thought, this is really intriguing. Why would you do that? And then I remembered that Thomas Kendall had numbered all the carvings on his list. So I had to contact each of these museums and try not to sound like um, I'd been reading too much Dan Brown Da Vinci Code and ask, <laughs> do you have carvings with Roman numerals carved on them? Because I know that you purchased them from um, William Oldman in 1911, but I reckon that they were much earlier. And, you know, they progressively wrote back and said, yeah, we do have these Roman numerals and we didn't know what they were about. And then they all kind of attached themselves to this list. Gosh, you've done an amazing job. I mean, how did you know about the Roman numerals? Where did that come from? That was just seeing the Roman numeral on the one, um, the Taurapa, that's the stern post in Otago Museum. And I just kind of guessed, you know, maybe maybe this is the key that's going to unlock the rest of them. And it was. That must have been a special day. That was. It was actually one of those ideas that came to me when I woke up one weekend and uh, kind of raced upstairs and looked at my box. And the problem with a Roman numeral 11 is that it looks like a nine when it's the other way around. So it didn't quite solve my my issue there. So that's why I had to write off to the museums just to double check that the um, theory was correct. Now, you mentioned Swiss uh, museums, the German museum. What about the New Zealand one? You discovered some of these in Aotearoa. Yes, yes. So um, Oldman sold some of these carvings to um, a museum in Germany and um, some of them are in Germany and Switzerland, but he also kept some of them for himself. I think it was a bit of a um, legacy. He sold them the year before he died in 1948 and I think it was to raise money for his wife. He had a very large personal collection and the New Zealand government purchased the Māori and Pacific material for £44,000 brought it back to Aotearoa, New Zealand, and then started divvying them up to metropolitan museums. So one is in Otago, which I mentioned before, and at Canterbury Museum is a beautiful pare or door lintel. But then there's one missing that I just cannot find anywhere. So if anyone in New Zealand knows of a towed up a stern post with a Roman numeral X carved into it, please be in contact. Number 10. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Now, are there plans to bring those ones back, those ones that are offshore? That's a very interesting question, you know, and this is a big deal for those overseas museums because provenance is really important yes. to them. Um, you know, that's that's not something that I can broker. Now that we've made this connection back to the Bay of Islands, I think it's really for iwi and hapu when they're ready to have those conversations um, with the Ethnological Museum in Berlin and also the Museum Reitberg in Switzerland as to whether or not they want them returned um, and if they, they could be returned. But I, I would say where they are, they are very well looked after, so they're not in any imminent danger. And what do they actually look like, just wonderful carvings? Oh, yeah, they are beautiful. And, um, you know, I look at a lot of carvings as part of my role, but these are exceptional. They are, are really beautiful. They're in mint condition. So we've got um, 
We've got, for example, in Berlin, a beautiful kuwaha pātaka, so that's a, a doorway into a raised storehouse. And we know from Kendall's work that that's showing the deity uh, Nukutafati, beautifully carved. Oh, my word, it's just exceptional. And a, a, a paipai, a threshold for um, a raised storehouse and also a popo wall carving. Um, there's also a number of pieces of um, waka. So we've got a beautiful tawihu stern post. That's the one in Zurich. Mm. And then we've got the two stern posts that we know are... Um, in New Zealand, one we know is in Otago, and then two pare. One, the one in so they're door lintels. One's in Canterbury. The other one has turned up in New York. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Amazing. The, yeah, that where they yeah. end up. Goodness knows. And uh, is there a chance for people to see them? I mean, have you got photographs of them online? Is there a way we can see them? They have been published, but that publication doesn't come online for a while. But um, as part of the media release, if people Google, um, they'll be able to see these images come up. So we'll put some up on our website um, yes. uh, later on this afternoon. So that'd be wonderful. Thank you. Well, Deirdre, lovely job. Well done, Detective Deirdre Brown, the professor from Auckland <laughs> University. Well done indeed. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.